I, I just want to say, David encouraged the young people to serve Jesus like they're supposed to serve him. I was with you in spirit, kids. I, I, my legs just don't do what yours do anymore. I was a little disappointed. I was, there's my leap. You see how high I would get off the ground? So I was with you. I love that stuff. That makes me feel so young. And I, I didn't start tearing up till I watched them celebrate. Something about that. Well, we are very fortunate and blessed to have LaShun Lambert with us again. He, he brought his best oldest son, and Jackson, who's going to be a junior at Oral Roberts in youth ministry. He came down, yeah, let's hear it for Jackson. Just picked up the drums this week for the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, he was such a blessing all week, ministering to our children, not his. He came all the way from Auburn and ministered a week as a counselor with uh, an, a very challenging cabin. He did a great job with them and uh, played for us today. And so we so appreciate him. We're getting to be partners with something so awesome and exciting. A church is getting ready to be birthed and is already being birthed in Auburn, Washington. And it is my pleasure, and I've asked him to share a little bit, it's my pleasure for the first time to introduce the senior pastor of Resurrection Church, Auburn, Washington, LaShun Lambert. <laughs> Good morning. Oh, no. See, Idaho is North Texas, so I expect a stronger response than good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is an honor and a privilege to stand before people that are making ministry happen. Uh, my wife and I and our four sons are in Auburn, Washington as missionaries. Well, no, no, missionaries go to Indonesia or Ireland or, 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 or Florida, places that really need Jesus. Uh, what, what I'm finding is that in, in China, there is a raging revival going. And in Russia, there is a raging revival going. And all these places that we scream about the oppression of the Bible, uh, they're having revival. And here in America, where you can say anything, people are being silent about the gospel. Because the fire isn't necessary for us to be warm. When we're sick, we go to the doctor. When we run out of money, we go to the bank. Or stay up late at night and you can find a really high interest credit card. They'll send it to you in 24 hours. But the region I'm in, about 2% of the people go to church on a Sunday morning. And you're helping us change that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to know how I would like to thank you, read the entire book of Philippians. Because you have partnered with the gospel. Uh, I took my Bible college students last year and the year before, and probably the year before, through the book of Philippians, so they'd understand why you're asking people to sow into the ministry and the promises of God that go along with it. Well, but we know Malachi 3, and then he's going to rebuke the devourer. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's great, but that's Old Testament, which doesn't always inspire a lot of our Gen Zs, the nuns, the millennials. They're like, okay, that's great. Now, what did they say after the cross? that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches because you are the saints that equip me to go with the gospel. When we moved from Texas, it cost thousands of dollars. And no matter how many prophetic words I gave, they wouldn't just let me do it for free. 
They would, like, I'd go, and the Lord is going to do something mighty in the Northwest. Like, that is so wonderful. Uh, is that going to be check, cash, or card? And, and your ministry has very uh, graciously sown into us. We will do our best to make sure to do you proud. That way, when we stand in heaven at all and look at all the souls that were won, that will be credited to your account. Now, in Pentecost, we didn't talk about the rewards of heaven. The reward of heaven was that you didn't go to hell. No, that's not really a ward, reward. How are you rewarding your children? I didn't whoop them before bedtime. That is not a reward. That is the absence of punishment. That just takes us back to neutral. The, the reality is there will be great rewards stored up in heaven because we did what we were told. God is not the punisher. He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, in seeking him, God has prospered us, and we're going to get into the message in just a moment, but he has prospered us for the sake of establishing the covenant. What is the covenant? Well, go find out where the blood was shed. The covenant was Calvary. Oh, oh no, there's all these other things. Those are covenants. The covenant, eternal covenant, was what happened and what was fulfilled at the cross of Calvary. See, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ was required to establish the new covenant. Okay, we're in North Texas. Now, coming from the Bible Belt, see, because we're like a sneeze away from having to have an old school praise break just so we can hear what God is going to do for you. Now, what is an old school praise break? See, like the new school praise breaks go, buzz, buzz, buh, da, ka, ga, ga. and like they turn on the lights and the haze and all the stuff, and then we old people go, Jesus, please let that be you. 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 Okay, God, I can't find you in there. I'm going to close my eyes and just write a check. Oh, God. Now, the old school praise break was the praise breaks we used that had organs and stuff in it. And you had drums that didn't go boo, 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 boo. And you had symbols and instruments you understood. And we would run and we would buck because God was good. Now, no one really had testimonies of God being good. They just had the absence of punishment. I didn't die this week. And then somebody, Wah! and take off running. <laughs> I remember being a kid. It's like, wait, the sinners didn't die either. What are we rejoicing about? I've been saved all day, no evil have I done. That seems like a choice. But when we can talk about the fact that we're going to heaven, we're taking our families with us, and we have a covenant promise because Christ sealed it in his own blood. It wasn't paid for because we're good. I didn't have enough goodness. Some of you know people that are that good. Actually, you don't, which is why he had to send his own son. So that when we get to Philippians 4, we know that no matter what we're going through, because that's a word to the saints. That's not a word to the world. It's like, hey, to you saints in Philippians 1, here's what I need you to know. Thank you so much for what you have done. Oh, and for praying for me. Oh, and I give thanks for God every, oh, every time I think about you. I thank God, because if it wasn't for you, there wouldn't have been a LaShun Lambert. Well, well what's a LaShun Lambert? It's a soul-winning machine. How do you know? Waitresses, I tip well, and then they find Jesus. Why? Because I tip well. 
they will know we are Christians because of our love. And if your love doesn't give, then it's not the God kind of love, because John 3.16, God so loved the world that he, oh, and you are givers, so you're being God kind of people. Oh, Sean, you're making me nervous. You're talking about money. The offering has already been raised, so relax. This is the benefit. God tells us we do it, and then he tells us again what you got. God said he would reward those who really sought him. Now, if you seek, because where's LT? See, my favorite linebacker of all time, Lawrence Taylor. Well, but he was doing drugs. You go ask the Washington Redskins. He could see straight when he was on the field. Well, why do you bring up Lawrence Taylor? If you wanted to be like Lawrence Taylor, you had to practice what he practiced. Because remember, he always had that one hand up in the air, like he's going to slap that off outside tackle, and he'd slap the outside tackle. And then I found out when you got to junior high, you weren't allowed to hit people in the head like that. Some of you football coaches could have told somebody. I, I didn't know that that was illegal. But Lawrence Taylor did it. And all of a sudden, the, the tackles are jumpy the rest of the game, trying to figure out what's going on. He's smart. But you had to act like him to be like him. So we as Christians, we have to be like Christ and act like him if we're going to be like him. Then the world will see him and they will want him. Well, how do they see him? The lights. You give so that the lights are on. Now, I, I'm not as pretty with all the good lights, but, but they help you see. And, and the overhead, that's awesome. But it costs money so the world can see the gospel and understand. Now, there was a time, and I believe pre-Noah, when there were signs in the heaven and people could look up and they knew what the stars meant. But somehow we lost that message. Now we need PowerPoint and Keynote and, and JPEGs being sent to the technology team so that people can know that revival is coming. But that takes your love. Well, but I didn't have much money. If you gave a penny, that's a soul. Oh, LaShawn, that, that can't be true. For every penny that comes in, we're going after a soul. The American Bible Society and other people that will give me a track, I'll put it in somebody's hand so that they can hear and read about Jesus. Well, LaShawn, you're talking really carnal right now. Y yeah, that's why you go to work every day. So that we can fight this on many fronts. If prayer was all that was needed, everybody got born again in 52. Seeing that everybody's not born again yet, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite that old, but in 52, everybody didn't get born again. You had Dad Hagen and A.A. Allen and Jack Coe and Oral Roberts and all these amazing evangelists. But the world wasn't saved yet. So apparently there's work to do. And so on behalf of everybody that's going after it, Thank you. Well, LaShawn, are you going to China? Not, not anytime soon. God bless them over there, but they're sending missionaries here. Are you going to Africa? No. Africa is sending missionaries here because their people are hearing the gospel, and we're hearing something, but it's not good news. So today, are you going to preach politics? Nope. Y'all got Fox News or CNN or C-SPAN for that. Pick your team. Doesn't matter to me. I'm going to preach the good news. Well, why are you going to preach the good news? Because you need to know that we're winning. Well, but the score is down. Uh, no, sometimes you just let somebody get way out in front so you can reel them back in and win so it's dramatic. 
Anybody ever, like, just manhandle somebody on the court? You, like, let them score, and then just beat them up so they'd know? I was always in control. Our God is always in control. Well, but, but no, man has authority. Right, 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 right. But when it's all said and done, he wins. So if you would, we're going to be talking about a prayer for revival. Now, by revival, I mean tents, sawdust, haze machines, fireworks, cannon fodder, whatever it takes to get the job done. Well, what's the job? That none should perish. I want to make sure nobody goes to hell. And while we're in this realm, I want to make sure no one lives in hell. Well, but I I don't believe that. That's because your world is too small. If everybody you know is happily married, if everyone you know goes to church, if everyone that you spend time around is those like super happy Christians, like I met some people that inspired me in Lori's living room when I was 18. They were those happy Christians that I did not know existed because at our churches, even when we were happy, it still looked kind of painful. Somebody would shout, mercy! It's like, who's hurting them? And then you just kind of get used to it, and you start to shout, mercy, with them. And then the organist goes, oh, they're feeling good. Like, okay, so when they're feeling good, they look angry, and then they shout, and then they make that face. We talked about that last time, the Holy Ghost face. Anybody ever seen the Holy Ghost face know what I'm talking about? If not, turn on a a certain Christian uh, broadcast anytime between 10 and 2 o'clock in the morning, and there'll be somebody on there making that face so that you know the Lord is with them. And Lord and God both have T's in it. You have a Lord and a God, so you know. But our prayer for revival, we're not going to talk too long because we're going to lay some hands on some people, is really simple. There was a man named Nehemiah. And I've, I was telling Pastor Ralph this this morning, I love to preach the miracle of rebuilding the wall. But we don't talk as much about how he got to build the wall. He didn't get to build the wall because he was a great warrior. He didn't get to build the wall because he was the smartest man. He got to build the wall because he prayed and he asked. Today, we're going to pray and we're going to ask. What are we going to ask for? Our nation. I don't, I've, I've been checking history books, and our nation has not been as divided as it is right now since the Civil War. It's, it's hurtful to me. Well, if they would just line up, I promise you, at another church on the other side of town, they're saying, well, if they would just line up. Those days are over. Well, what days? The days of division. God isn't going to allow his body to be divided. He'll find a church without spot or wrinkle. Oh, we're supposed to present it that way. Yeah, he's going to iron some stuff out. Man, I, I was praying and God was convicting me, right? That's the iron of God smoothing things out. Because all the wrinkles have to go. Now, the first slide says, your name should mean comfort. Is that a teddy bear up there? That is a teddy bear up there. Anybody have a teddy bear growing up? Or, or, or a special blankie? No one? Okay, only the kids? Okay, you adults, y'all are, I see your halos right now. And if you would untuck your wings for just a second, raise your hand if you had a special blankie or a teddy bear. Okay, thank you. Now that we're honest, repent for the lie of omission that just happened. 
But when people speak your name, they should go, oh, it's okay. When they call you on the phone and go, Lori, can you pray? They should feel better. I have, a, I have a Muslim friend. It's like, you have a Muslim friend? As many as I can make. Why? Because I know Jesus is the answer. Well, well but, but they're, they're Muslims. They're the enemy. Grab your Bible and tell me where it says that. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against... Oh, you mean, wait, so we, we wrestle against the Republicans, the Democrats, the... No? Oh, then we have wasted 50 years fighting a fight that couldn't be won. And then we flip-flopped political parties under Nixon as far as the planks. So that's a fight we shouldn't fight. Oh, oh, wow. We should be pursuing being the spirit of comfort, which would be more like God. So when they call you, it doesn't matter anymore. Because 50% of our nation thinks the other way from you. Whichever way you're thinking, the other half thinks the other way. How do you know that? We elected Barack Obama and Donald Trump back to back. Call your prophets. Call them all. And say, okay, what was God thinking? I am the Lord thy God. I change not. These are your two presidents. I don't care which side of the ditch you're on. Make that make sense to me. Well, God was asleep during one of those two elections. and Because I've heard the guys who prophesied the other way get in the pulpit and try to justify how wrong they were. <laughs> that's not in the Bible. Just get up and say, okay, I blew it. Um, if you would send that book back to me, I'll send you your 1995. I haven't heard that yet. But when people mention your name, they should feel better. When they say, hey, I called Jackson, it's cool. Because you know God. They know you have access. The king loved having Nehemiah around because he could be at peace. He could be at rest. It was his security blanket. My, my pastor in Texas, who, who I love, traveled with me because I made him feel better. We would go to like big, big conferences with big name people with monster musicians. You know those people that have the cool album covers? I don't mean like the Christian bookstore cover. You know like the Christian bookstore cover where everyone has that, that hair with the little thing in the front and they're looking this, like they're leaning on the piano? And then there's those other people that have the cool album covers where you're not sure if it's a Christian thing and you feel kind of guilty going to the counter. It's like, I think this is a Christian album because the graphics are so good. But, like, those musicians would be there. And I'd be intimidated. It's like, no, brother, I'm not comfortable with them. I want you to play. I'm like, well, I learned how to play this song listening to them play it. Like when Benny Hinn's musicians came to the church and I had to play for Benny Hinn, I was nervous. Oh, the glory. How do you find a pitch with that much vibrato? <laughs> so, hey, stop laughing at my traumas. But your name should mean comfort. Next slide. We must look beyond ourselves if we're going to be that comfort. Just because you have a roof over your head does not mean everyone is indoors. Because you have a good job does not mean everyone can take care of themselves. We need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. No, that's not what the Bible says. It says feed them. Feed them. Well, but they just need to go get a job. Probably, and God will deal with them. But until you give them a template to work from, they don't know. Most of the people you know were not raised with a hardworking daddy in the home that was a loving figure. 
So who's going to teach them how to work? I learned men work. You're a chauvinist. I wasn't a girl, so I don't know what girls learn. I know what I learned. Men go to work. My daddy went to work. Men love their wives. My daddy loved my mama. When you think about it, we have a generation that has not seen that. Right now, the fight in schools is how do you address mom and mom or dad and dad or new dad with old mom, and then you have, okay, my head hurts. And they're trying to figure out how to get the laws to catch up with all these new relationships that the Bible doesn't explain to us in, in, in seminary. We don't get that. We have to think beyond ourselves. The Judeo-Christian values that we grew up with are not the values an entire generation seeing. Moral relativism is what's being preached in places where holiness used to be preached. Well, it's okay as long as. Or in the church, well, as long as the ends or the means are justified by the ends, it's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. The pastors I grew up under, oh, it was holiness or hell. There was no middle. What did God say? Do that. So we have to be those loving people that go beyond ourselves. Nehemiah 1, 2. And this is in the New Living Translation. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Arctaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. Next slide. Listen, there are people that are going to bring you a report. They're telling you what's really going on in the world. Hear them. Hear them. Don't tell them. Hear them. Go read the parts of your Bible that are in red. Jesus would say, now what can I do for you? He already knew. But he needed them to state what the problem was. Learn to listen. Well, I have a word. I got one too. But neither one of them matter. It didn't work. The greatest prophets I've ever seen were prophesying to groups of 30 people because they were right, but they never listened. People love to say, I'm hurting. And then we can say, I have the answer. And then they come back, and then we don't have room for the people. Nehemiah 1 3 through 4. They said to me, Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah, the province of praise. Those who are in the church, it's not going well. Well, I'm doing good. See the last point. Look beyond yourself. They are in great trouble and in disgrace. The wall, oh, the wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down, wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed for God, for the, prayed to the God of heaven. The church has declared we have been disgraced. If you're old enough to remember 1987 and 1986, we've been disgraced. We've become a punchline. Our preachers are not what we used to stand and support. Well, LaShawn, you're one of them. Yes! And I repent. I'm done. God, I'm sorry. All the issues I thought were a big deal aren't. What's a big deal to you? Souls going after them. I love Billy Graham. Well, I think I don't care what you think. I love Billy Graham, and I'm huge. I'm much bigger when you get up close than I am from where you're sitting. So if you got a problem, Billy Graham, I'd keep it to himself. Just throwing that out there. See a couple big dudes in the back. 
Not as quick as I used to be, but I'm sturdy. <laughs> Y'all think I'm kidding. You give honor to whom honor is due. And that man did not care who was in office. He went after souls. He wouldn't have segregated events because God had told him to go after souls. Well, that's Billy Graham. He was a conservative. Yes. He was a Christian. Well, but I thought he and Dr. King were fans. He's a Democrat. No, he's a Christian. It did not matter who was in office. He was a Christian. JFK would still be alive. Well, he might be passed by now, but he wouldn't have died in Dallas if they had passed him through with a prophetic word. Well, I thought he was one of those mainline guys. He was, and God speaks to and through them. The gifts work. It does not stop at the edge of your church. But we have to learn to listen. Next slide. And to weep. Why are we weeping? <laughs> because our, our, our walls got torn down. Our, great, our gates were set on fire. Well, what, what were the gates? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. What has the enemy spent the last hundred years trying to pull out of the church? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We don't need the prophets to stand up and tell us things are bad. I have the news for that. I need the prophets to rise up and show us how to have revival so that all the things that are bad get changed. Well, I think that the Russians, does not matter. Revival will fix it. Well, I think that revival will fix it because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, all the other stuff doesn't matter. Before we get to the politicians, before we get to the oligarchs, before we get to the kings and rulers, we have to look at us. And if we will stop and weep over the state that we're in, I ain't worried about nobody else's house. I don't walk around going, wow, they're kind of jiggly in the middle. But I look at me and go, uh, got some work to do. Hey, church, we got some work to do. We got some real work to do, but it's got to mean enough to us to weep. Nehemiah is in a king's palace. He's with the ruler, eating the best food, drinking the best wine. But he's weeping over where he's from. I'm a Pentecostal through and through. Holy son, I don't like labels. You don't have to. It's just who I am. I'm a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, soul winner. Why? That's what my parents were. I was telling the kids at youth camp that my mama, oh, I'd be praying my Aunt Deborah wouldn't be there. Oh. Because when Mama and Aunt Deborah were together, somebody's dancing and somebody's speaking in tongues. Loudly. They didn't have like that cool tongue. You know like the cool tongue? People like they pray, let, let me pray with you. That was never the tongue that ever happened with Mom and Aunt Deborah. It was always like loud. Like really loud. And then it would get louder. I think it had something to do with skirt length. Because if a girl ever came to the house and her skirt was too short, I think mama just had this special short skirt tongue on the inside of her to just pray holiness into the place. And looking back on it, whenever, see, my mama was smart. If a girl came to the house she didn't trust, they baked cookies with mama. I came to see LaShawn. No, no, baby, we're baking cookies today. Here, put on this house dress. Because we're baking cookies. Yeah, that's for free. Just, just write that down. 
You know, if you're trying to figure out how to do stuff, just keep them with you. Jackson's little girlfriend, who we adore, came to our house, and she slept with my wife. Why? So people can't talk. Why would you do that? Don't let your good be evil spoken of. You let her stay spend the night at your house? Yeah, I, I slept in one of the kids' beds. And, and by the way, Febreze does wonders. <laughs> Not going to say which one of my kids' beds it was, but if my eyes are still watering, that's why. But we must weep. They said to me, things are not going well for those who have returned to the province of Judah. As a church, the province of Judah is our place of praise. People are coming into the church, and we're complaining about the president. We're complaining about the economy. We're complaining about Putin instead of exalting the name of Jesus. That's not a good stance. Let's switch it around. Well, but I need to talk about politics. Why? Well, I need to explain this. Why? Right now, whatever your persuasion, you have a 50% failure rate in our country. Cry loud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet in Zion. Show the people, God's people, their transgressions and the house, their sin. If we deal with our own stuff, we'll take the moral high ground again. And when we have the moral high ground as the church, we can speak as a holy people. And if we speak as a holy people, the world will listen. But if we're just shouting our thoughts instead of crying over it, we'll never get anywhere. Next slide. We have to mourn. There are things that died in the generation before us. It's dead. It's gone. Mourn. Just, just, it's, it's, it's over. You, you feel it. Grieve over it. There are things that I miss that I don't know how to get back, and I mourn over it. Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4, they said to me, these things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They came back thinking things would be good. There are backsliders that came back home to a paralyzed church. They came back home to a church that did not heal. They came back home to a church that would not accept them. We must mourn over those issues. If your child is fighting homosexuality right now, begin to pray that when they come into the church, they are loved, set free, and delivered. Well, but we just need to, well, we just need to be accepting of sinners, not of sin. Our God saves. He does not save us so we go to heaven. He saves us from the sin of this age. We must be that place where they can come and find freedom. When the alcoholic comes in, if they smell like booze, woo, and take a victory lap because they came here and it was not a place of disgrace. It was not a place of pain. It was a place of love and of restoration. If they come in into depression, don't let them stay there. Because if you are a Nehemiah in their life, your name will be enough to bring them out from under the cloud. Well, but, but the medications. Praise God for doctors, but there must be something on the inside of us that, that is greater than what's in this world. Or they have no reason to come. Next slide. Fast to quiet your own flesh. This is all found in verse 4. We do not fast to get God's attention. We fast to shut up our own flesh. We pray to get God's attention, but if you pray without fasting, your flesh will be shouting and you will have stereophonic confusion in your life. But when you get your own flesh to go, okay, that's enough, feed me. Will you be quiet? Yes. 
and your flesh will be buffeted, according to King James, or beat down enough so when God sends a word, there's not a competitor. Pray to communicate with God. If you are married and you have a girlfriend, it's like having a prayer life where you're not living a fasted lifestyle. Well, but I, I, um, uh, I, don't, I don't like that. If you're listening to your flesh, you are not listening to God. The flesh must be crucified daily. Like when you talked about marriage, when we de- get dedicated here, the other thing had to die. So as Christians, we must get back to fasting. But food is not the only thing that feeds us. Some of us need a CNN fast. Some of us need a cell phone fast, a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat fast. Because if Oprah Winfrey or Sean Hannity is your great prophet, my friend, you've missed it. Next slide. Nehemiah 5, 1, 5 through 7. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenants of unfailing love. Wow. Of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see my praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are faithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Why is this important? We have many children, even out of this wonderful church, that are out there. We want them in the place called by his name. Now, I tell you, this is a place with God's name on it, in your community and in the spirit. We can get all heavy-revy, but the reality is people know this is a church. You have pastors for many generations that have been solid men and women of God. So they know God's name is here, but our children are out there. Where do we want them? In here, because it is safe. In here. So we got to rebuild some walls. Well, how are we going to rebuild those walls? We're going to weep. We're going to mourn. Then we're going to fast. Then we're going to pray. And then we're going to serve God exactly where we are. Next slide. Be a cup bearer. Verse 11, and we're almost done. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayer of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me, put into, put into his heart to be kind to me, in those days, I was the king's cupbearer. I was the king's cupbearer. I was the one who had to taste his food and serve him outside of the kingdom. Well, I'm not a preacher. You don't need to be. I need you to be a cupbearer as the mailman, as a teacher, as the principal, as the head IT person. Because if you are refreshing people, good things happen. And you find favor. Why did people love my mama when we were in high school? Because she made cookies. They didn't know they were trying to cover up all them legs. It's like, is your mama making cookies again? 
Like I told you this last time, my, my friend's girlfriend was at my house when I got home one day. I was like, hey, um, me and Andy are friends. I don't know why you're here because, like, he's my real friend. There's no reason for you to be here. Oh, no, I came to make cookies with your mama. It's like, oh, okay, well, never mind, as you were. But when people are refreshed, they stick around you. But we're going to walk through a few steps, and then we're going to go after being a cupbearer where we are. We have to be a person of repentance. Get the stupid out of your life. I don't like that word. Everything that I've done that was sinful was stupid. So your sins may have been graceful and honorable. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mine were stupid. So to repent, you must get the stupid out of your life. Anybody ever been driving along with, oh, that was dumb. That's probably sin. Repent, move on. You cannot stay there. Your testimony cannot always start with, I was an alcoholic for 27 years. Where are you now? Tell me about those 27 years. How about we talk about how good our marriage is now? How about we talk about how our kids are succeeding? You know, I just got a promotion on my job. Why? Well, I repented and I got the stupid out of my life. Be a person who refreshes other people. People shouldn't be tired when you leave. They should always say, hey, oh, oh, don't, don't get off the phone yet. Can we talk about one more thing? Because you are pouring into their life. Next, be someone who replenishes other people. If you walk into their house and they have bad furniture, buy them some new stuff. I thought God supplied all of our needs according to his riches because we were those that gave like he gave. God had one and he gave him for us. So maybe instead of spending $8,000 on your new living room suit, you spend seven and buy the young couple some new furniture and go, hey, I don't need a thank you card. Just know that God loves you, so we're sewing into you. They will remember that the rest of their lives. An LDS man, after me and Kadisha got married, gave us the nicest living room table that we ever had. So guess who thought really highly of LDS and Mormons after that point? Because they, they gave into my life. I couldn't do it for myself, but it took some of the bite away. The people who you're trying to reach have been told you're a cult. They've been told they're not part of your group. How about you tear some of that down by being loving? Don't go give them a prophetic word when they need new tires. Give them new tires. You have a spare car, give it away. I don't like that. You don't have to. Love people. Love works. Love works. Love works. Be someone that restores. When people are broken down, if their marriage is bad, go restore it. God fixed mine. He'll fix yours. You don't know. I'll share your stories with you in 10 years of how bad things were for me. Not right now. It would scare you. But in 10 years, I will tell you. But right now, I know God will fix it. If you can fix mine, he can fix yours. And restore. Why did you bring up marriages? People care way more about your marriages than they do about Nehemiah. According to most of our country, Nehemiah was a fictitious creature that never is just a fairy tale. It's a book of poetry. So how about we take the principles that we know to be true and give it to people in a form that will work? Teach them how to refresh each other and how to love each other and restore them. If somebody is caught in sin, you are their new best friend. What would you go to jail for? I was a thief. 
hey, let's go to the jewelry store. What? I'm here. I'm with you. I don't trust myself. Oh, I know, but I'm going to help you. We're going to walk through this together. Because if not, where do they go? Is there another solution other than the church? I haven't found it yet. Next step, rebuild them. Well, how do you rebuild people? A lot of times you got to bring them in your house and show them what normal looks like. If they have no template, if they have no blueprint, they will build something ugly and bad. I'm sure over the years there have been many young ladies and young men that have sat in Miss Roberts' classroom and went, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do with my life. I did not know. Or for all of you educators, it's like, yeah, I went to college. College, uh, yeah, I'm not college material. Oh, yeah, you are. Or the young man that didn't know how to mow the grass. So you had to teach him how to mow your grass by him messing it up a few times. And then you started to take real ownership. Then you learned how to edge and how to keep everything fertilized right. And then it grew up. It's like, look at the thing I built. Because they didn't have a dad. The young girl with daddy issues who just needs a hug, it's going to cost us some hugs. After church, it's going to cost you some lunches. You're going to have to take people out to lunch. Then they're going to look at brother and sister Roberts over here. It's like, oh, did he just kiss his wife on the cheek? I think he did. Hey, babe, apparently I should kiss you on the cheek every now and then. He said, I love you, and it wasn't like her birthday. I think I should try that. And it's funny to us because we saw a good example. They don't know. All they know is what they're hearing in their trap music. I remember for a while, the number one song was, what was it, I'm, I'm in love with a stripper? Was that, was that the song? That was it. I was, I, so everywhere you go, you'd hear this song. It's like, wait, now, I don't know how that's going to help marriages. But that's the number one song. And I went through the, the top, was the top 40 songs on iTunes downloads, and of them, 38 were filthy. And that wasn't the urban version. It was pop music, the top 40 down, I mean, like, parental things. was like, babe, here, put an earbud in because I can't listen to this by myself. We have a generation that does not know, and they don't know because we didn't tell them. But we're going to repent, and we're going to tell them. And lastly, we're going to bring revival. How are we going to bring revival? We're going to let the life that is in us through Christ Jesus pump into other people's lives. We are going to get connected. Where's Melissa? See, right there. See how it all worked out together? See what it did there? See? See? Get connected, not just to each other. Because the closed loop didn't work. Will the circle be unbroken? I want it to be broken every day so we can get more people grafted in. If me and him don't get to talk because we're talking to other people, we'll catch up. If Carol Warwick doesn't have time to sew into me because he's sewing into somebody else, woo! I'm 43 years old. You think at some point I'm going to get it. At this point, we should be fathers and teachers. Mothers and teachers. Training up the next generation. Because they're already here. Because when you met me, I was 18. Actually, when y'all met me down here the first time, I was 20. Yeah, about to turn 21 because we drove down that summer. So I was about his age. And technically, I was grown. Now, my mama told me I wasn't grown yet. It's like, boy, you ain't grown. I'm the same age over you now as I was the day you were born. But we have to get beyond this idea of, well, they're going to have to do it themselves. Because you didn't. You didn't. When we could say that, you were raised by mom and dad in a healthy Christian household. 
So you had a launch pad to jump off of. I need some of my 65, 75, 85, 90-year-old people to say to the 20-year-old, let me show you how to clean a toilet because they don't know. Oh, no, my time is over. I'm just going to sit back here and pray the music doesn't get turned up. No, no. They need to know how to balance a checkbook because that is very spiritual. Because if you don't know how to balance it, they come pick you up for writing bad checks. Or they get in over their head, and then they get over their head, they have to go borrow money, and then they're slaves to the person they had to borrow money from. And we can get them out of that if we will revive every part of their life by plugging in. Now, here's the twist. Plugging in is going to require you to, at least a little bit, learn how to speak their language. Who are the thems? If you don't have enough Spanish to say, I love you, or Jesus loves you, learn those phrases. Why? There's a growing Spanish population in the Treasure Valley. Spanish speaking, Spanish only speaking. For who are the, 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 there's a lot of sheep herders around here. The Basque people learn a few phrases in their native tongue that tell them you care. And then your church will pack out full of people that you will disciple so that when they're driving along with your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, you know that everybody's working from the same spiritual DNA because you gave it to them. If I ask all of you now, you had Moses, who was the next leader? Joshua. Joshua was the next leader. And Joshua received the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. Not because his daddy did. Because Moses did. How many of y'all will be a Moses? Lay hands on some kids that aren't yours. And Moses had his own children. But he laid hands on the others. If y'all hadn't invested in me, Resurrection Church wouldn't happen. If Lori hadn't fed me many meals when I didn't have a job, or I thought I had a job, but they weren't paying me enough money to really actually get to Kellogg, and she would put me at her house, and then she spoiled me and Kadisha crazy, if Burt Roberts hadn't preached messages on love, if I hadn't seen your pastor cry before the Lord, the people that are being reached over there never would have been reached. The tens of thousands of people I've led to the Lord never would have been reached if y'all hadn't reached outside of your camp with revival. Well, well LaShawn, it was easy because you're a piano player. Y'all didn't know that. But you were loving. You were caring. I saw y'all repent. Y'all definitely refreshed me. You replenished me. And at times put money in my pocket. Forget ministry stuff. I'm not talking about ministry accounts of 501c3. Where it's like, here, you might want to get something to get back to campus. Put money in my hand. Y'all helped restore me. I was done with ministry. I wasn't hanging out with Christians. I was done. <laughs> so through. Especially preachers. I'd tolerate people who were born again, but I wouldn't tolerate preachers. Because I'd seen too much behind closed doors. I needed someone to refresh me and restore me. I needed someone to rebuild the broken places in me. And I needed a revival. And when I got here, y'all did happen to have an organ up, up here for, for a while. So here's what I ask of you. As we go after that cupbearer anointing, where we care enough to weep over the state of the church corporate. 
Will you be that person that will talk to your boss about ways to expand the kingdom? That you will expose yourself to letting people know that Jesus is real, that Jesus loves them. Because how does the church double? Everybody bring somebody. The next brick. Well, but pastor, we got another program. No, programs have not worked. They didn't work. They did not work. They did not work. They did not work. I read the book, and you know what the book says? That you will buy books. That's all that it says. We don't need another program. What do we need? To care. To love people. And to bring the spirit of revival that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost will be established and protected in this age. No, Sean, every time you come, you want somebody to stand up. and it, No, it's not about me. I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. It doesn't help my ego at all. But I want to see this place filled at least twice on a Sunday morning. Why? That's what your, your pastor sees in the spirit. Well, but then where would I sit? Show up early. There's always a seat for early people. Well, I didn't get to sit in my seat. Show up even earlier. Beat the sinners to church. Well, you can't call people sinners. Well, then how do they know? Are you in sin? Yes. Get out of it. You'll feel better. Well, but I'm not a sinner. I'm just spiritually unaware. No, sinner. Come home, come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. We need to get back to singing songs that tell people, hey, are you weary? Yes, I'm weary. Are you hurting? Yes, I'm hurting. This is a place for you. We will not affirm your hurt, but we'll give you healing. We will not say, I'm okay, you're okay. It's like, no, Jesus, I'm okay. You seem like you're not okay. Are you not okay? I'm not okay. Okay, let's get this out of your life. Because our God already sent the answer. The Nehemiah story, the miracle of getting the wall built and fighting with one hand and building with the other, that's a great preaching. But it doesn't help the cupbearers. Oh, thank you, Lori. That's so good. Got me all tingly. No, I'm serious. The hymns carry weight, and the world still recognizes them as our music. When we do the pop music, they say that our music is terrible, so we had to borrow theirs. But when we go back, the other can be the lure. But after we get people from fish to sons, we need to feed them like we ate. Ate a lot of oatmeal growing up because it helped me grow. I got fed on the hymns. I can do all the dance music. That's bait. The hymns, that's me. That's for free. But if you are prepared to be that person, close your eyes. Did this with the kids at camp. We're doing it with you. Right now, in your head, five people that need Jesus. Think of five people that need Jesus. That just really need Jesus. When you get that five, raise your hand. I'll wait. Okay, and of those hands that are up, keep your hand up if you will invite those five people to church with you. Loving it. 
The last number I heard, 83% of people when invited will come to church. So we've just about filled up two services if we just go get them. Now put your hands down. If you are one of those people that has determined your last day in pain was your last day in pain and you want to be done with it, you want to give it to Jesus. If you're born again, not born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, not filled with the Holy Ghost, but you're determined you're done hurting. We're about to pray for you. But just to make sure everybody's included, if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. So when I count to three, if you have not received Jesus or you know you need to repair that relationship, lift your hands. One, two, three. Okay, now everybody stand up. We're going to pray a prayer together. And then we're going to, I'm going to turn it over to Brother David. Say, God, right now, <laughs> I say I love you, and I'm determined to serve you. I repent of not going after my neighbors. I repent of not telling my friends about you. From this point forward, I will spread the good news about you. I will refresh everyone around me. I will replenish everyone around me. I will restore those around me. I will rebuild those around me. And as you empower me, I will bring revival everywhere I go until none are lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, I'm going to turn it over to David, but I want to do something first. Um, LaShundon Jackson must be moving out of the building by 12 o'clock today because they've got to catch a flight out back because they have church tonight at Resurrection Church at a really good pizza place. How many would like to pray them into a real church building that he's got waiting for him up there? We're going to pray, LaShund. He's got an... He did some ministry to some Episcopal people. And the Episcopalians want to give him a building, possibly, to rent. It's a beautiful, modern, you know, a lot of us think liturgical churches, old brick, musk. No, no. Beautiful building. A lot of light, a lot of windows. They want to rent this building to LaShund and his group. I would like to pray a blessing over him that God will open doors. If they don't get that building, there's one better in a better location. But God, right now, we just lift LaShund up in the Resurrection Church, Father. We partner with them. We are in agreement, Father, that they want to be a city set on a hill, a light in a dark place. Father, release and loose all the finance, the favor, the blessing, whatever it is they need, Father. You know what they have need of. Father, we release it in Jesus' name to be used for the kingdom of God, for your glory, O oh God, that they will make you famous in the city of Auburn, in Jesus' mighty name, and not only famous but attractive in Jesus' name. Can we just thank the Lord for that and give him a hand? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
Lord, we are so grateful. If you're here this morning and when the service ends, if you are saying, I, I would like someone to pray with me, then I'm, I'm going to ask the prayer team to go ahead and, as we dismiss, come on up and we'll stick around for a few minutes. If you would like prayer, we would be happy to pray with you that you would be revived and restored and replenished and be refreshed. Right now, though, we want to just again say thank you for all those who have given to this house and to the camp that was so wonderful. We are so grateful. And may you find that the fruit that you have brought forth will be multiplied in these young lives. And Heavenly Father, we have come before you again this day to say thank you. To thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. That you love us when we were sinners and you bring us into your kingdom to walk in victory. Remind us that this is truly how we fight our battles. By praising your name. We thank you, Lord. And we bless this house and each one as they go. Amen.